Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The happiest place on earth. A corporation built on control and discrimination. A company that silences tragedy and makes its employees bend to its wishes. This week, we'll be looking at how a business of family values may be hiding something more dark and sinister than we can imagine. Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history... Or you absolutely hate it. This podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. Alright, Coda, guesses? I'm going to say Walt Disney. <laughs> The tale of how Walt Disney, who you uh, you, you know as, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse. Here, I'm going to try my best Mickey Mouse. Woohoo! Woohoo! You, you know, did pretty good. Thank you. That's the best I got. I can't say any words like, oh, there have to be Lucky Charms. Oh, oh, Well, the Lucky Charms are the... That's not what... Cereal box. Who's, who, who's Mickey Mouse then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I jest. I jest. I know. I, I know stuff. So, Walt Disney... You know, you picture as this happy-go-lucky company, you know, but really, he's a racist fuck who's a bad boy, and he wants to take over the world with his conglomerate, and he's going to employ his top assassin. Oh, oh, I'm going to kill you. Oh, oh, <laughs> to, to, to I don't have a full thing. It's just Walt you Disney just wanted- was was the first thing that came to mind. The the Mickey Mouse impression was an afterthought though so yeah. i'm guessing it's not that well dakota you are 100 percent correct are you fucking kidding me no i'm kidding not kidding you you're right really yes <gasps> fuck yes Woo! <laughs> I, I i i i finally fucking got it yeah okay cool because i'm actually interested in uh in, in walt disney damn were well, you surprised that i got it no, because I said oh. the happiest place on earth, and I talked about like corporations and companies. So, like, I gave a lot of clues. Hey, fuck you. Be <laughs> proud of me. I, of course I am. I'm always proud of you. You better be. I got it right. But but the thing is also, I didn't go like completely zany. You know, I wasn't like, this is where Jesus <laughs> becomes John Wick. <laughs> and then he has an affair with Mickey Mouse. Oh, oh, I like it like that. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, today's topic comes to us from one of our listeners, John. Uh, we're oh. going to be talking about the dark side of Disney. Cool, I'm mm-hmm. I'm into it. Yeah, so we have a correction connection. Wait, well, do we have a theme song for I this? I don't think so. What's your correction connection? <laughs> I like it. Um, last week in our intro, I stated that James Cross was kidnapped on October 8th, but he was actually kidnapped on October 5th. So that was one oh. that I found. Oh, okay. I was like... 
who corrected you on that? <laughs> like some fucking nerd. Like, oh, actually, it was I actually this date. Myself. You actually yourself. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. So what's your golden nugget? Today, my friend Idel Babub mm-hmm. and his brother came from my hometown. And my hometown. my hometown. I'm red than you're red It's like that song, you That's know? That's one. Um, because rednecks love to brag about how their trucks uh, got a bigger dick on it or whatever. I don't That's know. That's true. I don't know what they they brag about. So we went to see the Batman. Yep. And I thought it was good, not great. Yep. Uh, rent, don't buy, okay. as it were. Uh, yeah, it just was, you know, we can't hold a candle to Christopher Nolan, but I, you know, what else, what can, <laughs> I don't think there's ever going to be a Batman movie that's better than The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. but, and it was long, it was three hours, like a solid three hours, and I felt that, I felt yeah. that it was pretty long, uh, you know, the action was really good, Robert, Robert Pattinson is a really good Batman, he did an awesome job, so... But it's a very dark movie. It's not, you know, while well, there was some jokes in the Dark Knight uh, series, this one was pretty much straight-faced. Like, it was very, mm. very serious the whole time. So, but it was it was a fun time. I mean, if you were looking forward to seeing a new Batman movie, go out and see it. But if you're like, I could wait. Like, honestly, if uh, if Adelba Bub wasn't coming to... Um, like has suggested uh, i would have probably waited a couple weeks yeah. but because uh, the trailers didn't make me like hype hype but it was fun i'm glad yeah. i'm glad we went yeah and so. you had a good catch-up and yeah it was nice, nice nice to see old friends so yeah what about old you friends. what's your golden nugget uh my golden nugget uh i'm gonna go with my mom is in town mm-hmm. we just had dinner with her yeah it was uh, great recording late tonight yeah it's uh uh, Past reluctant our... historian after hours it's past our bedtime is yeah what it, is. it is i'm really fucking tired so yeah. we'll see how this goes but uh yeah it was great we yeah uh, we ate some steak yeah it was good nice to see family i love that mm-hmm. so i was i was debating that or uh my new game that i discovered oh yeah <laughs> which Crusader which Kings. i've been posting a little bit on instagram stories yes. yeah. so basically i'm a feudal lord and I have all the powers that come with feudal lords. Um, for our history listeners, they'll understand. But it's very complex, and I'm not good at it, but I love it. And because I'm not... you get to go to brothels. <laughs> you you love the hoes. No! <laughs> I like it because it is very historically accurate, and I want to win. And mm-hmm. I have it on the setting on very easy, and I'm not winning. Yeah. Uh, and I also don't know what I'm doing, but I just really like it. So does winning consist of getting syphilis or because you got syphilis in the game? I did. That was my first queen. So I restarted and I'm a new queen. Yas, Um, queen. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, she's a little bit more successful than the first one because I'm learning each time I play. But yeah, I really like it, but don't know what I'm doing. Cool. I mean, yeah, if it's a it's very historical game and you get to choose from what country you leave yeah right? so i could be like um a west african uh country yeah. i could be anyone in europe so like france or i think there's uh some norwegian yeah or norway people so, yeah, yeah so cool. i think uh for all of you history buffs this will be liz's recommendation yes. of the week. what's it called again liz crusader kings 3 crusader kings 3 yes yeah um 
Yes. And it's it's on Xbox Game Pass. I don't think a lot of our listeners maybe have <laughs> play Xbox. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, if you have mm-hmm. Xbox Game Pass, it's on the PC yeah. version. So, yeah, so there are a variety of ways that I could go with this episode, from tragedies at a variety of parks, weird things that happen in the films themselves, or some of the crap that the Disney Corporation has gotten up to in the name of capitalism. Can I add one in there? Sure. Uh, you could also do the whole thing in a Mickey Mouse voice. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> What about Donald Duck? <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> let's just, because it's late and, uh, and I'm like, oh, I just want to go to bed. Just uh, Let's just record a little bit of you going that, doing that quack quack thing. I can't do his voice. <laughs> yeah, doing that. And then we'll just put it on loop so it'll stretch out an hour. And then at the end, you'll, you, uh, I'll be like, that was that was really good information <laughs> on Walt Disney. Thank you. I hope the listeners got a lot out of that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so which way are you going to go with it? Uh, I'm going to do all of those, actually. But oh, cool. before I start, I do want to say, um, I don't know how like accurate my sources are. We're using Tumblr. Well, so a lot of the websites are called like 10 horrible facts you didn't know about Disney <laughs> and 15 creepy things that happened at Disneyland. Okay. So, but... But I do think that there is fact or yeah. a kernel of fact in the stories that I am going to tell yeah. because they show up in every different website. So. Right. So here's the question. Is the um, is there the Little Mermaid penis thing? I mention it very briefly. But okay. I did read about it. Well, we're going to... Uh, Which penis? There was two penises in that one. Oh, I know. I know there's the boner thing too. <laughs> so we are going to talk in depth about that little blurb. Okay. Because I my, my favorite thing about... Disney is when they've uh, included in, like, dirty things into their movies that, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that part yeah. in particular. Okay. Yeah. Let's and, get into it. And listeners, if I miss anything and you want me to talk about it, maybe we'll do a Disney part two. Yeah. So let's get started. So when I say Disney, Dakota, what do you think of? Uh, well, these days, I, uh, I'm mostly Marvel oh, for yeah, myself, so. you know, because they're Marvel as well. But I also think about, uh, you know, my my favorite disney movie would be the lion king followed closely by aladdin mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just uh, think about uh, emperor's new groove also yeah you love that movie disney just brings me a lot of joy in my life but i also recognize that you know a corporation that size didn't get to where they are today by being as nice as the house of mouse would have you believe right yeah well for most people they think of funny cartoons movies with fairy tale endings Theme parks full of magic and wonder. Heck, some people even plan their weddings to take place at Disneyland. True story. I worked with a woman who did plan her wedding at Disneyland. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. She was like ordering like tissue. Like you could order like Kleenex, little personal packages of Kleenex. And she was like making sure that they were um, a certain color for the men and a certain color for the women and themed Disneyland to take to Disneyland. I was like, this is a, this is a, this is a lot. That's, that's cool. There was, um, uh, I saw this proposal online. Uh, a few years ago that was uh they were doing an aladdin style sort of proposal thing or something Mm. i can't remember exactly but they were like they put a carpet on top of a vehicle and sat on the vehicle and pretended like they they dressed up and they pretended that sounds dangerous yeah and they pretended like they were (laughs) you know uh showing her the world or whatever uh on a magic and then she fell off and got run over by the car well yeah but uh you know that's less happy so (laughs) (laughs) moving on So Disney has worked hard to give itself a squeaky clean reputation, but it has a dark side that it would rather we forget about. 
The Disney universe is one of talking animals, singing pirates, and fairy tale princesses, all underscored by a dark side that features sex, death, and ghosts, and a little bit of wartime propaganda. What? Disney decided to join the World War II effort in 1943 and released an anti-Nazi short animated film called De Führer's Face to help promote the sale of war bonds. The cartoon itself featured Donald Duck (laughs) having a nightmare about being a worker in a Nazi factory. What? (laughs) And actually reading a copy of Mein Kampf. (laughs) Although the film won an Academy Award for the Best Short Animated Film at the 15th, 15th Academy Awards and often makes top lists of being one of the best cartoons of all time. What? Disney decided to keep it well hidden from public due to its propagandistic nature. That's a hard word to say. Propagandistic nature. And the depiction of Donald Duck as a Nazi. Yeah. Wait. So he was having a nightmare that he was a Nazi and he was reading his favorite book, Minecraft. Yeah. And he like meets up with um, Benito Mussolini and Hitler. Um, (laughs) Sounds very interesting. (laughs) Wow. That is that. We we need to find this. Yeah. Uh, They kept the film out of circulation until 2004 when the cartoon finally made its home video debut on several DVD sets. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, kids, before bed, why don't we watch our favorite cartoon, Donald the Duck the Nazi? (laughs) Yeah, but it was like anti-Nazi. He was like... He's like, oh, I don't want to be that. I had a nightmare about it. Yeah, it was his nightmare. Yeah. Right. But it is interesting that Disney made this anti-Nazi work because people have accused Disney of being anti-Semitic and a Nazi sympathizer. Hmm. Uh, He personally hosted Nazi filmmaker Lenny Reifenstahl when she came to promote her film Olympia in 1938. I was also just thinking about how uh, the Nazis could use this sort of against Disney in a way. They could take just a still image of... Uh, of just the part where Donald Duck, you know, is reading Mein Kampf, and they could put like a, you know, poster and just be like, Donald Duck loves Hitler. You know? <laughs> they could have done that, yeah. yeah. Disney gave the propagandist a tour of his studio. However, it is hard to use this as proof that he was pro Nazis, despite how gross it is to have a Nazi at your studio. However, Donald Duck as a Nazi isn't the worst thing that the company has ever created. What? Disney's early films all contain plot points and characters that haven't aged well. For example, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty all portray non-consensual kisses from the princes in these films as they attempt to awaken the women. This could Mm. be due to the fact that actual fairy tales are not the happy-go-lucky stories we know and love today. Right, because all the... they're based off of, like, darker tales, right? Yeah. Sorry, that's interesting. I'm just thinking about those non-consensual kisses... Up until you just read that, like, because I know that Disney has a lot of problems, I didn't even clue into those. That's mm-hmm. you're t- you're already teaching me some stuff about Disney I didn't know. Yeah, like Donald Duck's a Nazi, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> fact. Yeah, um, this isn't going to segue very well, but it was what I wanted to say. So, in yeah. fact, <laughs> in the real story of Sleeping Beauty, uh, Sleeping Beauty actually gives birth to some children while she is in her coma-like sleep. Oh, because the prince uh, has I... his way with him. Her. Oh my god. Yes. So. That's awful and all. It's terrible. Yes. I'm going to say something. Okay. Bear with me, okay? Okay. Hopefully in this scenario that I'm thinking of, you know, it would be a consensual sex and stuff like that. But say you were in a coma, pregnant in a coma, and then all of a sudden you had your baby and you didn't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be ha- lovely. That, that happens. Pe- women have really? had babies while they're in comas. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's take away the rape part and yeah. just pretend that part. That would be like, all right. That would be pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. 
Other problems with Snow White include the fact that the voice actor who played Snow White was paid less than $1,000 to do the film. Holy shit. Adriana Casolotti was only paid $20 a day to act and sing for the role, totaling $970 by the time shooting was done. Adjusted for inflation, that's about $355 per day and $17,221 overall. That's crazy. When uh, when Robert Downey Jr. made $8 million for appearing in eight minutes of Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. She was also uncredited for her work really? and yeah, and was forbidden by Disney from taking any other roles. Uh, ever? I don't know about ever, but like... For a set period? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, the, thankfully, in modern times, they have gotten away from that because like, you know, you'll see some, some characters in Marvel, it's most what I know most, is like, they'll either... Sometimes they'll be superhero Marvel and sometimes a superhero in DC. Yeah. So yeah, they, they've gotten better. better. Yeah. In a 1993 interview, she admitted that until she saw the film, she had no idea that it was a full length movie, probably because oh. it was so cheap what they paid her. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. In other movies, many of the cartoon characters portray harmful stereotypes of black people. For example, the crows in Dumbo use jive talk in their communication, and the lead crow is actually named Jim Crow, an obvious reference to the racist segregation laws that existed until the mid-1960s. The crow laws? Jim Crow laws, yeah. Jim Crow laws. I've... Have we talked about those? Never. Okay. I'm like, because like it sounds slightly familiar, something about crow laws. You've probably heard about it. Okay. Like, they're talked about a lot, because a lot... I mean, slavery ended... Yeah. And then the Jim Crow laws were came out of that. Yeah. Because they wanted to segregate black people. Dumbo also includes a song called The Song of the Rustabouts, in which faceless black circus workers sing lyrics like We slave until we're almost dead, we're happy hearted rustabouts, and keep on working, stop that shirking, pull that rope, you hairy ape. Oof, that did not age well. No. Even more offensive is the film Song of the South. And it was actually, like, basically cancelled yeah. when it um, came out yeah, at the yeah. time. Yeah, I, I remember hearing something about this and how it's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's actually been locked away in the Disney vaults for decades and is considered the company's most offensive release. So, you know how they used to always lock them away until Disney Plus? Yeah. <laughs> just release a commercial just being like, and now for the first time in... 50, ever <laughs> first time in ever we're releasing the song of the south director's cut <laughs> yeah song of the south is set on a 19th century plantation and follows the character uncle remus a formerly enslaved person who lives happily on his former mas- master's plantation the movie's rosy portrayal of slavery and racial relations in the south immediately drew criticism at the time of its release due to its dangerously glorified picture of slavery and apparently Zippity Duda comes from this oh. movie. Is this live action? Uh, it's like live action, but it also has cartoons in it. So like Space Jam? <laughs> mm, yeah, or like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Cool. Yeah. Or like Space Jam 2? Yep. <laughs> and let's not forget the indigenous characters in Peter Pan and Pocahontas, hmm. or the Siamese cats in both Lady and the Tramp oh. and the Aristocrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the critique that many of the films who feature characters of color as the main lead are often transformed into animals or just nothing, such as The Princess and the Frog's Tiana, Brother Bear's Kenai, I don't know if that's his actual name, Kenai, maybe, and the newly released film Soul. They got 
I didn't actually see Soul, so I... So he is a black man, yeah. and he dies. Oh. I, I've never seen it Spoilers, either. Spoilers, I'm planning to watch it, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that's a secret. And then he dies, yeah. and then he spends the majority of the film as this, like, ephemeris, like, blub. Okay. Does, does that not... I mean... Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate, advocate a bit here. I mean... Uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah, Emperor's... white dude. White dude gets turned into a llama. He's not white. Cusco is David from... Spade's white. <laughs> yes, and so that's problematic in and oh, of itself. Okay. But Cusco isn't white. He's um... he played it like a white. Guy. Yeah, he's an indigenous man. <laughs> what? And he's turned into a llama. So again, that fits that whole trope that any person of color they so, don't ever get to be human throughout so, the movie. So I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you here. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, David Spade. Yeah. Classic white guy. Yeah, no. Um, and then Pacha, played by, I'm pointing at you. John Goodman. John Goodman, thank you. Okay, uh, uh, but like two seconds. Classic like, white man. Cusco and Pacha, do those sound like white people names? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, like Cusco, like, you know, like maybe a nickname, like he's Coos. Who's in for some booze? You are learning so much today. I am. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's the critique is that we can't, that Disney can't let people of color yeah. just be people of color. So I also proved your point more by you did. by being like, oh yeah, these these indigenous people were played by two well-known white dudes. Yep, you got it. So... On Disney Plus, some of the shows come with a disclaimer saying, Disney's program is presented as originally depicted. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. So basically saying, hey, we were racist in the past. Soul came out last year. Well, <laughs> or it doesn't before. say that in front of Soul. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but like, there, still there is that. Like I, when you brought up Soul, I'm like, ooh, that was like 2020. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, it's a big critique. Yeah. Yeah. But, but okay, with that one, is that what they had in mind in that movie? Like... Because, like, I thought that Soul was supposed to uh, be, like, I haven't seen it, so I don't, I'm not talking my, on my ass, but, like, sort of a depiction of, like, black heritage and stuff like that, like. I think that was their goal, but. It didn't succeed, though? Yeah. I, I heard it was good, but. Yeah. Um, but, you know. I don't know. I haven't read a lot about Soul mm. or many critiques on I'd, it. I am interested in watching it, though. I just never got around to it. So. Me too. Yeah. Speaking of The Princess and the Frog. Mm, yeah. It actually caused a huge controversy in America, and not just because of its depiction of the lead character. Okay. Oh, sorry. About this, though, about Prince and the Frog, at the time, I thought that was, like, a huge... Yes. It's supposed to be a huge deal. Yes, because she's the only black princess. Yeah, yeah. But she's a frog the whole time. Is that... Yes. That's the issue? Okay, yeah. interesting. I didn't know there was controversy around it. Yeah. I thought it was, like, hailed as, like, yeah. People are excited, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you can still be excited and say, hey, there's still room for growth here. It's not in my power. I know you love black and white. <laughs> I love blacks and I love whites. Yep. <laughs> that wasn't bad. I love blacks and I love whites. <laughs> and all other races, okay? If you want me to cover all my bases. Uh, okay, so Princess and the Frog. Uh, soon after the release, many children all over the world, but especially in the USA, contracted salmonella. Oh, Salmon- I hate it when mo- movies give me salmonella. What did you wait? Salmonella is a bacterial disease that affects the intestinal tract and is often known to live in animals like frogs. Mm. And hey, in The Princess and the Frogs, we see a frog turn into a prince after the princess kisses the frog. 
Did people kiss frogs? So after watching this movie, kids were going out and imitating what they saw, kissing a bunch of frogs. And in the process, hundreds of children were hospitalized with salmonella infections in 2010. Oh my God. We haven't gotten any smarter since then. (laughs) We were still really stupid back then. Mm -hmm. God. How did I not hear about? Well, maybe I did. I don't know. I was let my ear wasn't as closely tuned to the news. That's so. true. Did you know that Mickey Mouse almost had a different name? Oh, what was it? When first created, Walt Disney wanted to name him Mortimer Mouse. Mortimer Mouse. I can't even say it. Mortimer Mouse. <laughs> okay. But his wife Lily said that that name was too pompous and suggested that Mickey would be a better choice because it was cuter. And he said, "Oh, get off my ass! Fine." And speaking of Walt's influence on his movies, do you have any guesses as to why so many of them feature motherless main characters or they end up losing their mothers during the course of the film? Was he an orphan? Well, legend has it that this goes back to Disney's feelings of guilt. See, he had ended up buying a house for his mother and father to live in, but the furnace in that house leaked and it affected both of his parents, resulting in his mother's death. Stories suggest that Disney refused to talk about the incident because he felt guilty over what had happened, but the grief and the guilt bled into his work and has somehow become a trend that continues to this day. So so I'm just picturing like an artist or like a storyboarder like coming up with this a pitch for a movie and stuff like that. And he's just, Walt Disney's looking and it's like, hmm, it could use more dead mother. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, D- Disney, this is like the seventh time that's been your only note. <laughs> dead mother! <laughs> yep. Another explanation for this could be in Disney's suspicion that he might have been an illegitimate child. Mm. When Disney was 17, he enlisted in the army to serve in World War I, only to discover that there were no records for his birth. Oh. The mystery deepened when he unearthed a birth certificate for a Walt born to Elias and Flora Disney in 1891, which would have made him 10 years older than he was. Oh, shit. The bizarre question haunted him all of his life with no happy ending. Can you imagine if I'm just like, I found, found this out about myself and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah. I would look like a young 39, you I really would say. Would. I'd look very good for my age yes. if I don't change all myself. So what are some other trends that exist in Disney movies? Well, when I was a kid, there were all these rumors going around about dirty things being secretly put into movies. They're rumors. Like the word sex showing up in The Lion King. Yep. When and- uh, when Lion King or when the Lion King, Simba, he he's like, oh, and he lays down and then a fluff of uh, flowers go up into the air and smell sex. But they say, no, it says SFX, which is special effects. I know this shit. Oh, well, now I don't have to read this whole paragraph. There you go. Saved (laughs) saved you some time. Yeah. Uh, So that one, and then also the penis being on the cover of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, which is, if you have an old original copy, a VHS of The Little Mermaid, look at it, because the towers are penises. So when I read about that, the guy said that he was... um, contracted like really late in the night and so he was just drawing and wasn't late in the night well he was horny (laughs) (laughs) and uh he just drew it quickly i I, now i read a couple articles about this and i couldn't quite figure out what the articles were saying one of them it sounded like he made it as an actual accident but Mm. the other one it sounded like he put it in as a joke and then wanted to take (laughs) it out but then they had already had the meeting and they were like it's fine and he's like well i guess if they think it's fine it's fine or he was doing it late at night had a hustler open beside him and he was like i need inspiration hey (laughs) (laughs) yeah so 
I should have, I guess, researched that one instead of the S-E-X one, but you talked about the well, Lion King. I, so either, either way. I all... feel very confused because my whole script is thrown yeah, for a I'm loop trying to now. Throw you I don't off. know what you to do. You brought Disney. I know Disney, okay? So, uh, yeah, with the but seriously, go look at it because we used to have a copy of it, and it's like, it's like a, a penis clear as day. I think there's two of them on there. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, with the Lion King, they said that it is SFX. Yeah. But which I said. <laughs> yes. Uh, but in 2002, they re-released it and they just got rid of it fully. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah. Although that being said, that makes them seem more guilty. That's true. <laughs> in a more overt sexual shenanigan, we have the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. In this film, there are several scenes from the original cut of the movie that show Jessica Rabbit's dress flying up to show her underwear, except that in the animation, she's not wearing any. So where, that's right. Where do I have... Is this in the movie still? <laughs> I think they took it out. Where, um, where could I find an original copy? Stop it. <laughs> I just... I want to do some research for this episode. So that's right. Jessica Rabbit had a full frontal nudity scene in the theatrical version of the movie, and nobody caught it. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right back. Okay, I'll see. You. Let's oh, let's take a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be back. There is also a brief clip in the same movie that has Baby Herman giving the camera the middle finger. Ooh. And then in the 1977 film The Rescuers. Yes, was- I was just writing this one down. Okay, go ahead. There's a topless woman in one of the scenes. It's a flash frame, so it only shows up if you watch the film in super slow motion. Can, can I give this one? Let me read my thing. I'm sorry. No, but... I have this all planned out. Okay, I know this stuff, and I want to share that I know stuff. Okay, okay, go ahead. In this scene, the main characters, Bernard and Bianca, are flying fast through the city in a sardine can. If you slow this scene down, you can just make out a topless woman in the background. So I have a picture of it for you, Dakota, and I would like for you to describe it to the listeners. <laughs> okay, this is perfect. Okay. Okay, so uh, the two mice are, f- like, flying. The The one mouse is, like, looking all, like, the girl mouse is looking all happy. The other one is like, oh, I'm terrified. And then if you look in the background, you see a window and then if you let's zoom in let's just zoom in let's do some research here then you see some very 70s boobs i know okay? i was like it looks like it's a hustler like it's not yeah. even a cartoon it's like they put they put a hustler picture yeah. but like let's just take a quick moment here not not a long moment a quick moment 70s boobs were different man okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just were and well, uh, probably... i don't know if the, if the bras at the time were forming them to be different but... because they are not implants as what you would see in most porn stars today no but even uh, <laughs> i don't want to talk about my escapades but <laughs> um i have never seen 70s boobs in person okay <laughs> <laughs> so the boobs i've seen are much different than oh these God. 70s boobs uh so anyways uh yeah it does look like it's from a hustler you can look it up uh, we're not going to put it in the show notes because we are not smut. That's true. What did you want to say about this? Yes. So on that front, the reason it was put in there was supposedly from a disgruntled employee that had just been fired. And he put it in there in there as a fuck you to them. Cool. So and it made it pass because if you just watch the movie, you can't see it. Right. It's like a single frame. Yeah. As a result, Disney recalled the film in 1999 due to the, quote, objectionable background image. That's fair. <laughs> we instead we replaced it with two thousand boobs. Not not like two thousand, like there's just boobs everywhere. <laughs> but like the year two thousand 
or you know even newer boobs you know the newest <laughs> every anniversary of <laughs> rescuers down under they release the modern boobs edition <laughs> This is going off the rails. Maybe we should record at night more often. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to the parks. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What about... There was one other dick thing with Little Mermaid, or is that in something... No, I haven't talked about it. Is that somewhere else, or is this... Oh, well, I want to talk about that quickly, which is the other Little Mermaid thing, is in The Little Mermaid, when uh, the prince and the Ursula, who put herself as a human, Mm -hmm. uh, are getting married, the... The priest that's marrying her, the priest that's marrying them has a boner. <laughs> yeah, so they, the animators say that's just his knee. It's not. It's, <laughs> I'm very, I think you see, I'm I very think, familiar with penises, I okay? I think people see what they want to see. Same with the SEX versus SFX. Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up right Stop now. Stop it. I'm going to look up, let's type this in right here live this on it. be the Little longest episode mermaid boner. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Describe it for the listeners. Okay. It, I guess it could be seen as his knee, but that's a very bulbous knee, okay? You see what you want to see, and Dakota just wants to see dicks. I see, <laughs> If I wanted to see dicks, I got a place to go. Stop I, it! We're going to have to rate this R. I got a dick. <laughs> what do you mean? We always are explicit. We're explicit in the ratings. That's true. So, what? like, it's not going to be any... It's a little worse than usual. But anyways, keep going. Let's talk about the parks. Don't make me record at night. Apparently, I just want to talk about dicks. And 70s boobs. And 70s boobs and how they were different, man. Disneyland is often referred to as the Magic Kingdom or the happiest place on Earth. But these titles hide some of the horrible things that have happened at various Disney theme parks over the years. Starting off on a maybe less creepy foot, the fact that according to the Wall Street Journal, both Disneyland and Disney World are among the most popular places in the world for people to scatter the ashes of... The remains of their loved ones. Oh, so it's just a ghost town. <laughs> Basically. The practice is so common that the staff has given it a special code name. When they do catch someone spreading the ashes in the park or find the ashes themselves, because apparently they just stumble upon ashes every now and then. Is the code ghost <laughs> A HEPA cleanup request is made and the <laughs> ultra-fine vacuum cleaner is used to tidy up the mess and get rid of the evidence. Oh, so somebody, they spread these ashes and then they end up in the garbage. Yep. <laughs> Super. The Pirates of the Caribbean, an attraction where ride goers follow Captain Jack Sparrow's adventures, harbors a dark secret. Ooh. Some of the skulls and bones you see while on the ride are not props. They're real and once belonged to human beings. What the fuck? Legend has it that the Imagineers were unhappy with the existing props, so they decided to incorporate the real thing into the attraction. So they killed some people. (laughs) No. Although the park eventually removed many of those bones. Not all, though. That's true. Some remain. The ride features one particular scene in a pirate's bedroom, and the skull and crossbones on the headboard above the dead pirate's head are real. Still? I guess so. What? No, that's... that's that's. It baffles me that there's still modern things that they're doing that are fucked up. In his book, Pirates of the Caribbean, From the Magic Kingdom to the Movies, Jason Sorrell claims that the skeleton characters came from the UCLA Medical Center. Oh. So I wonder if maybe the fact that Disney has used real-life bones in their attraction and random people's ashes being spread there that has caused there to be a plethora of ghostly sightings at the parks. Whoa, good ghosts. At Disneyland California, legend has it that a little boy's mother spread his ashes in the haunted mansion. Uh, Oh, good fucking job. (laughs) You made the haunted mansion actually haunted. Yeah. 
Ever since then, he's allegedly been heard periodically crying for his mother at the end of the ride. Several Disneyland employees have reported seeing him, and when the staff tries to speak to the Phantom, he ignores them as if they don't exist. What? He's also been spotted at the Pirates of the Caribbean, which is next door to the Haunted Mansion ride. But this isn't apparently the only ghost at the Haunted Mansion, and I'm not talking about the ones who are supposed to be there. The Haunted Mansion's reputation for being an actually haunted place harkens all the way back to the ride's construction back in the 1960s. It is said that one of the sound designers was working on the so-called seance room when he heard what he first thought was a radio. On further exploration, he discovered that the music was inexplicably coming from the walls, which he would hear for the next several days. The sound designer could never quite figure out where the ethereal music was coming from, so he set up a speaker near the source in order to cover the strange phantom music that emanated from there. Interestingly, there are some staff that claim that the spellbook used in the Haunted Mansion exhibit is real, and that it would be moved from day to day with no one ever knowing who had done it. This initial spooky tale would be followed by various rumors and stories of darkness surrounding the ride. One tale was that back in 1942, a man piloting a small plane had crashed into a lake on the property where the theme park would be eventually built. The spirit of this man is said to have settled into the Haunted Mansion ride, where he appears as a shadowy man with a cane, which is still seen to this day on the ride, particularly by staff after closing hours. There is a man who seems to be wearing a tuxedo named the man in the tuxedo. <laughs> oh, it could have been tuxedo mask from Sailor Moon. Could have been. The original story of this man was first seen by an employee who is working at the area where passengers get off the ride. The woman claims that she noticed an indistinct shadow lurking in the mirror that she used to make sure that passengers had safely disembarked from the ride. The phantom would continually appear in the mirror, always shapeless and in a tuxedo, until one day it approached her to lay a hand upon her shoulder. Ooh. The terrified woman promptly quit her job and never returned to Disneyland again. Since then, the tuxedo ghost has been seen at various times all over the premises. What? Why have I never heard of this before? <laughs> I, I mean, I already don't like rides, so like, I really don't want to go to Walt Disney World ever. That's fair. And going back to the Pirates ride, it too is apparently haunted by a ghost named George. Oh, that sounds nice. The story goes that a welder named George was killed in an accident. Exactly what that accident was varies depending on who you talk to. According to some, he was crushed by a falling beam, while according to others, he fell from one section of the ride to another and died. Ever since then, the ride has been plagued by strange occurrences. He's said to stop the ride whenever someone says, I don't believe in George. And cast members in charge of opening or closing the ride will say good morning or good night to George in order to keep him happy. <laughs> he just wants people to respect him. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. <laughs> Is he just an old man? He's like, oh, you goddamn youngsters. <laughs> Say hello to your elders. Yeah. Another ghost haunts Space Mountain in California. He's known as Mr. One Way. It's <laughs> like the most terrifying name. Yeah. <laughs> Some accounts describe Mr. One Way as a red-haired man with a red face, and others say he's a kid dressed in 70s-era clothing. The stories say that he tends to hang out in the line for Space Mountain, and depending again on who you talk to, he may or may not talk to the people while they wait. The older man version of Mr. One-Way apparently doesn't wait in line at all. He appears only at the ride's actual cars and will sit down in any empty seat he can find. It's said he disappears right before you hit the final tunnel at the end of the ride. Well, they're, the final tunnel is scary, so I get it. Long before Disneyland was constructed, the land was occupied by an older woman, and she passed away on the property in 1900. 
One legend tells of a lady in white who allegedly walks Main Street at night dressed in turn-of-the-century clothing. She seems to be window shopping. Some people claim that she also guides lost children to the Disneyland Baby Care Center. So the next three ghosts that I'm going to tell you have their origins in tragedies that occurred at the park. No. The monorail ghost's story stems from a real incident that occurred in 1966 when a 19-year-old named Thomas Cleveland tried to sneak into Disneyland in Anaheim by scaling the park's outer fence and climbing along the monorail track. Monorail. Do you remember that from Simpsons? I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thomas was there for an event called Grad Night, during which the park was opened for all high school graduates. Ignoring a security officer's shouted warnings, he was struck by the train and dragged 30 to 40 feet down the track. Oh. The security guard later stated that he had to hose the kid off the underside. Oh my god. I, I hope he was dead on impact. Probably. Can you imagine being dragged by that? Fuck me. Yeah. These days, it's said that a spectral figure can sometimes be spotted prowling around the monorail track. Don't trust the monorail, monorail. He apparently only appears at night and vanishes whenever a train comes. I get it. You know, if I was hit by a train, I'd want to not be around trains ever. That's fair. In 1984, another tragedy occurred. 48-year-old Regina Dolly Young was riding the Matterhorn bobsleds ride. At some point, she unbuckled her seatbelt to help a child who was sitting directly in front of her. She stood up in order to do so, and when the bobsled entered a sharp dip that had another track spanning over it, Dolly was thrown by the sudden drop and smashed her head on the other track, which sent her sprawling back to the track she had just come from. Oh my god. Still alive but unconscious, another sled came speeding along and ran her over, killing her and allegedly lodging her body into the structure so tightly that the track had to be taken apart to get it out. The deadly incident is so notorious that the place where she died is often referred to as Dolly's Dip by staff. Since then, Dolly's ghost is said to be frequently seen or heard calling out around the ride, especially in a large cavern area in the center of the ride. One staff member said the following, I worked on that ride for several years and I never saw her, but I sure did feel her. After the ride closes for the day, two people have to walk the track, one on each side of the mountain. You have to walk the ride, starting at the bottom and working your way to the top. It is done to look for lost and found items. Every time I was unlucky enough to get a track walking shift, I had an uneasy feeling, like someone was watching me. I was always convinced that it was Dolly, and so I would often say hi to her. The feeling was always the worst in the big cavern in the middle of the ride, and at Dolly's Dip, which is the spot where she died. In fact, the work lights in the tunnel near Dolly's Dip always seemed to be burned out. In six years, I don't think I ever saw those lights working. I hated running the track at the end of my shift, and I usually tried to get someone else to do it for me. I think the most horrible part about that is that presumably she never got to see the karate kid that's that is because i'm pretty sure it came out in 1984 that's too bad that that is all that's awful though that sounds horrible and for her and for the the people that had to walk the track and like um those light bulbs they never got to shine like there was not a good ralph macchio didn't get to (laughs) uh, please a woman named dolly (laughs) Stop it. No, no, no. You're... what? I'm talking about, like, through karate. What What were you thinking? The final one... <laughs> the final? 
The final haunting is perhaps the most tragic of the bunch. Oh, saving best for last. From 1974 to 1988, there was an attraction in the Tomorrowland section of the parks that was called America Sings. It was located with a rather unique-looking, round, circular, rotating building that had previously housed another attraction known as the Carousel of Progress. Mm. America Sings was set in an innovative rotating carousel theater and was a show in which animatronic puppets sang various songs from throughout America's history. Kind of think of like how in Jurassic Park where they were in that room and they kind of like got to move. It's kind of similar to that sort of idea. Okay, cool. The building had an outer ring of six theaters connected by divider walls that revolved mechanically around every four minutes around the six fixed stages in the center of the building. This meant that the walls moved toward each other from the left-hand side of the stage and would close onto one another. The opening of the attraction was meant to be a joyous celebration of America's bicentennial, but tragedy struck almost immediately after its opening. On July 8, 1974, just over a week after America Sings opened, Disneyland hostess Debbie Stone had an evening shift welcoming the audience into the attraction, standing on the left side of the stage. On this fateful night, Debbie called her parents to tell them she was in love and to ask for their permission to get engaged. While the act was in progress, some of the audience and cast members heard panicked screaming, but thought that it was part of the act. One audience member did think it was unusual, and he notified staff members. When he and the operators got to the scene, they were horrified to discover that Debbie Stone had been crushed between the walls of the two theaters. But she's in love! A narrow channel between a stationary wall and a rotating wall had been open, and Stone had either fallen, stepped backwards, or tried to jump from one stage to the next as the rotating wall began to move. The accident led to the temporary closure of the ride and the installation of various safety measures, such as safety lighting and breakaway walls. Following the reopening, and right up until the actual closure of the ride in 1988, cast members have persistently reported hearing a woman's disembodied voice, thought to be that of Debbie, I'm in love, calling out to them when no one else is around and reminding them to be careful. Do I have your permission to get married? Joining her there is the ghost of a teenage boy who was killed while trying to jump from one car of the People Mover to the next. The People Mover is kind of like the monorail, but it goes around the park and just points out certain attractions. Ah, so he's trying to be a badass and ended up being a flat ass. This incident supposedly occurred near the America Sings attraction, and the ghost is reportedly seen lurking in the shadows and startling people before vanishing. So I presume he also went away when the attraction closed. Mm. There are a huge number of other incidents and tragedies that have occurred at Disney parks that I won't get into here. But if you check on Wikipedia for each park, there are pages and pages and pages of incidents and what has happened and how many people have died. Any like recent? Uh, um, I didn't look if there were anything recent. Okay, I'm but... just I'm just curious because those tales you told of were fairly old, right? Yeah, so I think they've probably improved their safety. Oh, fuck, I hope so. Because you're just reading this, I'm like, I would not go to Disneyland. <laughs> I would see a ghost. Yeah, it's actually wild though how many people actually have heart attacks on these things. Really? Yeah. So that's not really like Disney's fault, but like people, <laughs> people don't know that they have heart disease yeah, yeah. and they'll get on the ride and the ride will like make their heart react in a way they're not expecting. And yeah. so uh, they'll have heart attacks. Yeah. That's a very common thing. Well, I mean, um, I'm allergic to adrenaline, mm. so I don't do well on rides. I, <laughs> um, I start sneezing and stuff. That's fair. Not actually. I just, I'm terrified of them. Yeah. Finally, we can move on to the man himself, Walt Disney. Oh, 
The most controversial of them all. In keeping with the ghost theme, did you know that Walt Disney still haunts his old apartment? What? Like I can go see him? Apparently. Disney passed away on December 15th, 1966, but legend has it that he still haunts his former apartment above the firehouse on Main Street, which made me think Disney lived in the parks. Oh, interesting. I thought he was frozen in carbonite. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to read about that. Shit. Okay, anyways. Wait, what? (laughs) There were some things. Yeah, there's a rumor about that, wasn't it? Yeah, and a couple of the articles that I read talked about it, but I didn't. I was like, this is already so long. I'm I'm done reading. Okay. I was like, I knew there was something about that. I know there's a family guy joke or something like that. But I I uh, was going to just make a joke about being like, oh, no, wait, that was Han Solo. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah. Continue. So, yeah. So apparently he had an apartment uh, above the firehouse in Main Street so that he could spy on the guests. <laughs> well, that's that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope they're enjoying it. Yep. Uh, you need a special permission from Disney to go inside. It is also tiny. It has no bedroom and is only 500 square feet. It features a kitchen, bathroom, family room area, and a wooden desk where Walt once worked from. Uh, So that's why he haunts that apartment. So he can still watch the guests? I guess so. One story goes that Walt's ghost repeatedly turns off and on the apartment lights when employees come in to clean and dust. Other stories tell of the cleaning lady hearing a voice saying, Don't forget, I am still here. (laughs) Don't forget, I'm still racist. (laughs) So Disney isn't the jolly, happy man we might imagine him to be. He didn't like women animators, for one. One woman who applied, Mrs. Frances Brewer, received a rejection letter stating the following. Women do not do any of the creative work in connection with preparing the cartoons for the screen. Like putting boners on priests or penises on uh, VHS tapes? Like, what, uh, what is he missing here? As that is work performed entirely by young men. For this reason, girls are not considered for the training school. To qualify for the only work open to women, one must be well-grounded in the use of pen and ink and also watercolor. The work to be done consists of tracing the characters on clear celluloid sheets with India ink and filling in the tracings on the reverse side, according to directions. And the parks continue to have rules that bar certain people from working there. Up until 2010, men were not allowed to have beards (laughs) unless they were playing a character with a beard. And the dress code remains strict. Cast members cannot have facial hair that is any longer than a quarter of an inch. They are not allowed to have tattoos, body piercings, or weird hairstyles and hair, col- and hair colors. Before 2010, women had to wear pantyhose and skirts, but they are now allowed to wear pants. Tank tops are also now allowed, but the straps must be three min- inches wide. What is this, my high school? <laughs> this is no surprise because Disney was said to be an obsessive control freak who had become a heavy drinker who chain-smoked 60 cigarettes a day. Ooh, damn. Did he die of cancer? He died of lung cancer. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, I wonder why. (laughs) He also had nervous breakdowns and obsessively washed his hands every hour. The the Disney... Because when Disney Plus launched, there was a uh, documentary that went along with it to show the Walt Disney, the Disney World, and he was featured in it, old footage, and... He seemed very different. Yeah, they um, <laughs> portrayed him as a good yes, person. Yes, you got it. He exerted absolute control over his cartoon creations, and although full-length animations like Dumbo were complex collaborative pieces involving teams of top talents, he shared credit with no one. Oh. To his animators, Disney was a fraud, a mediocre draftsman who lacked the patience and skill of an artist. 
To them, he was a tyrannical ogre akin to Scrooge. The animators finally had enough in 1941 and went on strike due to the abuse and low wages at the studio. They also wanted to join the Screen Cartoonists Guild, but Disney blocked his workers from unionizing and even fired his pro-union animators. The strike lasted nine weeks and led Disney to call out his workers as communists. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> why, why is that a, that a go-to all the time? Why is like, you're doing something I don't like. Commie. <laughs> in fact, Disney was heavily involved in anti-communist attitudes in America. He supported companies and initiatives with dubious tactics, and he often outed his own animators as potential communists. So there's plenty more that I could get into, but this episode is jam-packed with bits and boobs of information already. Bits and boobs. Bits of bits and 70s boobs. <laughs> so I'll end it there. So Dakota, what do you think? Fantastic. <laughs> I thought that was great. This is, it's, it's number one. It's better than the Wendigo? Better than the Wendigo. What? I love Disney. Okay. And I just like talking about, this is the kind of stuff I love. Although I love a good monster tale. Yeah. But this is just. And cannibals. Yes, but the, if the, Disney was a cannibal, if Disney was a cannibal, he probably was. But this is the kind of stuff I I just love hearing about. It's like I don't know. This is something I'm just genuinely interested yeah, in. Yeah, you're pretty hype. Yeah, it's the fucked up shit that happened at Disney, which is supposed to be this, you know, great, um, this great happy place. Nothing bad ever happens, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That they want you to think it is. Yeah, but. Walt Disney was a racist asshole. Mm-hmm. I, like, you didn't even, uh, like, it's fine. You didn't get into that. But, like, that's another point, right? Is yep. that he was a big racist, right? Yeah. So, um, and I didn't know anything about the ghost thing. So, that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I love a good ghost story. Yeah. Uh, it makes me never want to go there. <laughs> um, were there, I'm assuming there were tales of, uh, in Florida as well, ghost tales? I well, know you didn't get into that, but... So uh, I talked about like the Disney parks as a whole. Oh, so I don't so actually know where general. these okay. places right, happened. Right. It could have been Florida or California or Let's wherever. assume most of the bad things happen in Florida because that's just their MO. Yeah. But, uh, Did you know I got lost at Disney World? Yeah, when you were a kid, right? Like, like yeah. 10 or something? Yeah. So we went to Disney World Paris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Because you lived in jolly old England. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And um, I we, we had a plan. If we got lost, we were supposed to do this thing. And I was like, I'm not going to get lost. And then I got of lost. Of course you said that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I did the thing. I went to the, I don't know, some rando Disney worker on the street. And uh, they took me to the the, the place where all oh, lost. I'll take you home. Here we go. <laughs> oh, back to my place. Where all lost children go. And I wasn't the only one. There was like probably about 20 of us in there. And we just like. <laughs> and you're just like, what are you in for? <laughs> <laughs> and we just hung out. And I feel like I was trying to read like a French book. Yeah. And then dad found me and he was so mad. He beat your ass. Like he was. I. One of the few times I've ever seen him like mad. Yeah. Um, which like I get now is like fear. But at the time yeah. I was like, why are you well, so mad? Yeah, I, com- I was so scared. Anger, yeah. So. I was so yeah. scared, and then he was so scared, and then everybody was scared. Like, could you imagine losing your kid in Paris? Be like, oh, no, she's going to become a ghost. <laughs> or a French person. <laughs> yeah, or a French person, which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, back to the ghosts and your thoughts on this show. Yeah, and then, of course, my favorite is the... 70s boobs. I love... No, I don't love 70s boobs. Sorry, I'll use 70s boobs. I love... The fucked up shit that happened with the animation stuff yeah. that was on 
there's there's more like i i know there's there's got to be more like i can't think of any other off the top of my head i think those were like the biggest ones yeah i knew yeah yeah of course but there had to be more uh but i can't think of any right now so yeah i just uh top to bottom i was interested i'm i'm tired because it's Oh, it's almost nine o'clock at <laughs> night there, but but like oh, I gotta get to bed, you know, I gotta work early in the morning there, but but I so you know if I've been yawning, it's just because I'm tired, not based on what you're telling me. Thank there you. are times where it's like in the morning, and then you're telling me a story. I'm like, <gasps> like when I talk about Emperor Chin Chi Wangdi. Yeah, Chin Chi Wang. Yep. Chi. So, I will give this ten. What? Priest boners out of 10. Ten. Your first 10. Oh my God. Your first 10. Thank you. I would like to thank all the little people that got (laughs) me here. uh, Hey, that's very PC of you uh, calling them little people. Stop it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to go for most offensive episode. (laughs) I think we hit it. Yeah. So yeah, your first 10. How do you feel? Really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to get one again. I was going to say, like, this wasn't like really history. This was just like, here's some weird shit that happened. Yeah, that's what I love. So, I mean, it is history because it happened in the past and obviously, but like, it's no feudal king. Thank God. (laughs) But I'll take a 10 priest boners. (laughs) You'll take 10 priest boners? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, or tell your friends about us, because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. If you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian, on Facebook under The Reluctant Historian Podcast, on Twitter at Historian, or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash thehistorian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or... I just hit puberty, apparently. <laughs> Fuck me. Or corrections you may have noted to the reluctant historian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Oh, see you next week. Oh. These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes all sorts of versatile any-weather staples, hoodies, jackets, and more. Whether you're buying a gift or stocking your closet, you'll find just what you need. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code AnyStyle24 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, promo code AnyStyle24.